My name is Adam. I'm one of the pastors here at Mosaic, and I'm grateful to be with you guys here on Gratitude Sunday. Uh, one of the ways that, that we get to express our gratitude um, and our worship towards God, and it's something that we do each and every Sunday, is, is taking an offering. And so I want to invite our ushers to come forward, and Mosaic, it's time to give. As those baskets are, are uh, being passed by, I want to make you aware of just a few things. One, it is almost the end of 2019. I know there are people in our community who choose to do an end-of-year uh, financial gift um, that's unique and above their regular giving. And uh, just so that you have this in your mind, it needs to be in by the end of 2019, December 31st, 2019. And I know uh, if you're like me, your, your inbox is kind of getting bombarded with, with people who have uh, giving opportunities by the end of the year. And I would just ask you to kind of prayerfully consider how a unique gift could impact the kingdom of God um, here at your home church. Uh, the other thing I wanted to make you aware of is just some connection opportunities. Um, I know at our, our Christmas Eve gathering, we had a lot of guests, and some of them have been here today. And um, just to make you aware that we have mosaic communities that meet all throughout the week, um, all over our city. It's likely that there's one that meets near where you live. Uh, you can get more information about our mosaic communities at the welcome table in the lobby on your way out. Um, and then also, the last Saturday in January, we are hosting a uh, new partners class. It'll be a Saturday morning. Uh, to, if, for a few hours, you get to come and, and hear about the, the story of Mosaic and learn more um, about the vision of Mosaic, and it's, it's a great way to spend a Saturday morning in January. Um, hey, Tim mentioned that, that today's going to look a little bit different, and you're going to hear from a few of us, uh, myself, Kim, and Tim, and uh, we're going to be reflecting and walking through a, um, a chapter in Psalms. And so if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. We're going to be at Psalm 100. Um, it's a short psalm. For me, it's like right in the middle of my Bible. It might work out for you. Um, but go ahead and turn there. And uh, on this Gratitude Sunday, as we go through this psalm, it's, it's leading us to really posture ourselves to, to see and to recognize God's goodness and to respond. And so we're, we're going to look at three aspects um, of, of gratitude that we see in this text and then have a, an opportunity for us to respond three times um, to, to, uh, to this text. And so I'm going to read it, um, and then I'm going to kind of pull out a couple of phrases from the, the second verse. But it says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness, and come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Five simple verses that help redirect our attention towards the goodness of God and help lead ourselves into responding with gratitude and gratefulness to our Father. So two, two uh, phrases that I, I want to get before us um, that, that we find in, in verse 2. The first is this phrase, worship the Lord with gladness. Worship the Lord from a posture of, of gratitude and from a posture of, of thankfulness. 
Worship the Lord with gladness in our hearts. And, and, and I know that, that as, we, as we think about God, as, as, as we journey through life, that there are times where that seems readily available, that, that I am uh, clearly seeing his work in my life, and, and, and I, I'm glad, and, it, and it's just overflowing. And then there's seasons in life where it, it doesn't look that way. And so this, this posturing is, 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 is an invitation for us to remember why we have glad grateful gratitude in our hearts. I was thinking about this the other morning. I, was, um, I think it was on Friday morning uh, that the, the clouds broke and it was just blue sky. It was beautiful. And I was out and I was driving um, east down Columbia and Columbia points right towards Mount Hood. And as the sun was coming up, it just looked massive and brilliant. And I was like, oh yeah, the clouds lift. There's a mountain over there. I forgot about that thing. It's, it's there behind the mountains because usually Mount Hood in the winter in Portland, it just looks like clouds. And um, it was just majestic in this beautiful scene. And, and, and what's funny about it is when the clouds come in and it's covered, I, I know it's still there. It's just as majestic. It's just as big. It doesn't shrink away. It, it doesn't go away. It, it, it's still there. Even, even if I can't see it, if, if I'm not reminded of it, 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 it's certainly still there. And there's times when we think about gratitude towards God and, and his faithfulness and his goodness in our lives that, that we can look at a moment or a season and be like, wow. Look at the majesty. Look at everything I can see. I can barely take in this picture. And then there's other seasons where it, it, it seems more clouded, where it's, it's not as clear. And so this psalmist is saying, hey, orient yourself to understand and think about the goodness of God, that he loves you and I, that he's powerful, that he's in control, that he can be trusted, that he invites us to be his sons and his daughters. And, and no matter what season we're in, where there's clarity or whether there's clouds or confusion, we're thankful because of that truth and that reality. So it says, worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs. To come before him with songs acknowledging his goodness and the, the, the joy and the peace and the life that we have because of that. It's coming to the, the end of 2019, and um, I found myself, oh, it was my wife and I, we were with some friends and just reflecting on this year, and that's kind of what you do at the end of a year. You think about the good, the bad, the ugly, things that went according to plan, things that came out of nowhere, and I, I think if I were to line up all of my 38 years and put them in order of my favorite to please God let this year be done and let's move on, 2019 is somewhere at that part of of the list. And, and we were just reflecting. It's, it's, it's just been a, a, a difficult year, a year where when I'm looking for the, 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 the faithfulness of God, it, it, it seems cloudy, and it seems elusive, and it seems harder. And, and we've shared about this, even how we've experienced this as a, as a, a church community and, and, and what this year has brought and what, what God has had to bring us through. And, and, and as I think about that and how this year has been, I, I, I know that there have been Sundays that we have come and, you know, every Sunday that we gather, we get a chance to sing, we get a chance to hear from God's word, and, and we sing these songs because they, they tell us the story of God over and over, and they give us a platform to tell God how we feel and, and that we recognize his goodness. And there's been some Sundays where I've come in, and it's just been easy. Yes, God, I see that you're at work, and, and man, oh, God, you're so faithful, and it's just the, the, the clarity is there, but there's been a lot of Sundays where I've had to lead myself to, towards joyous songs where I've had to posture myself to, to, to say, God, this season is difficult, but, but I remember and I know that you are good. 
And, and, and there's a sense of gratitude in posturing my heart to remember that. And, and, and even at times, it, 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 it's a physical posturing where I've come in on Sundays and had to say, God, this has been a confusing week. This has been a hard time. But, but I know that you're good. And, and, and sometimes I close my eyes and, and just raise my hands and, and, and in an act of surrendering to God and saying, God, I, I know that you're good. I know that you're in control, that you love me. This is gratitude. This is what this psalm is leading us towards. And so our first response to this this morning is, is going to be to worship. So I want to invite you all to stand with me. And I actually want to invite you um, to close your eyes and, and to extend your, your hands in that surrendered posture. And we're going we're gonna to sing this song, um, and, and uh, it's called Raise a Hallelujah. And this word hallelujah means multiple praises, multiple praises towards the name of God. Now I want to invite you to remember with a grateful heart what your God, what your Father has done for you, that you're loved, that you're known, regardless of the season that you're in. It's good to be here this morning, the last Sunday of 2019. Psalm 103 says, Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Such a good order to things, isn't it? When we remember that. I'm going to read it again. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I've been thinking a lot about trust lately, and sometimes we think about trust as like this, this big thing, right? Somebody shows up at the 11th hour, and then, you, and then you like build trust together. But as, um, I know, close call. Um, but as we've, um, one of the things God's been showing me is that Actually, trust is developed so much in the small things. It's the small, consistent, ordinary things that help us develop trust with others. So maybe it's um, the coworker who shows up when they're supposed to and does what they're supposed to day after day after day. Uh, maybe it's the spouse or roommate who, who gets you coffee every morning so that you can start your day off right. Maybe it's the friend who always answers the text, doesn't leave you hanging. Those are the things that God has been showing me. The people that I trust around me are the people who are really steady and consistent at building that trust and nurturing it. And so I want to tell you about one of the ways that God did that for me in this season, the one of the ways that God is developing trust in our relationship. And it's not some huge huge story. It's not a huge miracle, but it is a breakthrough for me. I had a day with God that he overwhelmed me with his love for me, and he overwhelmed me with how much he showed up for me just in kind of the regular daily things. So a couple of weeks ago, I had this looming meeting that was coming up. Um, it was a meeting that had to do with work and also had to do with relationship, and so I don't know if you guys have been a part of 
meetings like that, but um, sometimes they can be hard. Sometimes it's hard to have a work meeting where there's also a relationship crossover. And for me, uh, when I have uh, anxiety or dread or or fear about something, um, my go-to way of managing that is just to kind of shove it aside and distract myself from it. And this meeting was such a big deal to me, to my heart, that it kept just still creeping up on me. It was just always circling my thoughts. It was always circling my heart. And I found myself thinking about it a lot, and I would try and push it away, and then it would kind of creep up. And um, I I thought, um, I I need to do some things to prepare myself for this. I need to do, do some things to prepare for this meeting and then also, which is a good thing, right? That's a good thing to prepare for a hard meeting. But then also to maybe take care of myself after the meeting because I know this meeting is going to cost me. It's going to cost me my heart. It's going to cost me some time, some energy. And so somewhere in my, in my life, somewhere in my early childhood, I took back ownership of caring for myself and nurturing myself and even providing for myself. So somewhere along the storyline of my life, I thought, that's mine to own. If it's going to happen, I have to make it happen. And so um, I kind of, I would think about this meeting and I would think about those things. How can I take care of myself? How can I, what are the things that I need to do to prepare? And I could sense God's kind of, um, kind of off on the side over here, like, Give it to me. Give it to me. He even gave me a picture at one point that it was like a backpack with heavy rocks in it that I was wearing. And he would say, you don't have to wear that. That's mine to wear. And I would say, oh, that's, that's good, God. I'd take it off and I'd set it down and I'd stretch and feel really good. And then I'd pick it right back up, put it right back on. As I woke up the day of this meeting, I had woken, I had planned on having time to get up and kind of emotionally prepare and have some space and some quiet in my busy house. And uh, that did not happen because of life and kids and all that, all the things. And so um, I woke up late. It was a crazy shuffle to get everybody out the door and taken care of. And the whole way into work, I was thinking, oh man, this is not how I wanted the morning to go. I need it to go differently so that I can be ready for this meeting. But God was saying, I have a plan for you, and I want to show you who I am. I want to show you who I am for you in this. And so um, I got to work, and we were doing a devotion that morning, and we got to spend some time in Scripture. And I want to read the Scripture for you that was that morning, because it absolutely pierced my heart. It's such a good passage. So would you just just listen to this? 1 John 2:28 to 3:2. And now little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. 
because we shall see him as he is. So as I was thinking about this meeting and as I was going to work and rushed and it wasn't the morning that I had planned to prepare, God was saying, you're my child. And not only are you my child, but you're beloved. And then he gave me this, um, this picture of a beloved child. Well, first of all, children are dependent, right? And most children are trusting. So you trust that your needs are going to be taken care of. So God gave me a picture of my daughter, Grace. She's eight years old, and she is completely beloved. We adore her. And one of the things about Grace uh, and my relationship with Grace is that I love to do things for her. I love to take her to a restaurant she loves. I love to have conversations with her about what she's thinking about and what's happening in her day. If she's um, tired or fearful, I love to comfort her. It's not a hassle for me. It's something I want to do for her. And God was saying, can you take this posture with me? Can you be the beloved daughter, because that's who you are to me. How can you embrace this? So we're in our staff circle during this devotion, and I'm weeping because this has had such a deep impact on me. And as I'm praying, and we're, we're, we spend time praying out loud, and I'm just praying, like, God, help lead my heart back to this all day long, that I wouldn't seize back control of taking care of myself, that I wouldn't seize back control of providing for myself and nurturing myself, but would, would I just accept that I'm your beloved daughter and that you take pleasure in caring for me? And throughout the day, it was kind of amazing because God did that. He brought people or I got texts at times that I just thought, oh, that's from God. God's showing me. This person who has no idea what's going on is reaching out to share something to me. That's from God. God's giving me a word of encouragement right now. Um, I went to the meeting, and it was hard. It was difficult. It was painful. But I did it. I was able to share what God was leading me to share, and the people who were in the meeting um, were able to receive it and hear it and, and actually thanked me for it. And um, we got through it. But I was, the meeting started late and it went really long and I had my Mosaic community to go to that night and I didn't have a way to get dinner now because now my, my day was off and I don't like to miss dinner. I like dinner and I like, it's pr probably part of me like taking care of myself, but I really like to like have my meals when I plan on having my meals so that I can be ready. Um, I see some of you nodding <laughs> and, um, I, I knew I, I had 20 minutes before my, my Mosaic community started. I knew I wasn't going to be able to run home. And there just wasn't time to do anything else. And so I texted my friends and they said, just come, just come over. And when I got there, they had dinner for me. And guess what it was? It was shepherd's pie. <laughs> this God who is the shepherd, who's saying, you are my sheep and I am your shepherd, was like, caring for me in, in the sweetest, most um, just kind of daily, ordinary, regular way. Here's a meal, and I'm going to let you know it's from me. It's shepherd's pie. I feel like today, even now, like it's like an inside joke with God and I. We're like, yes, shepherd's pie. Ha ha. <laughs> so I felt a new way that I experienced God's 
care for me, his nurture for me, and his provision for me, and in such a regular way that I don't know if, I, I think that this probably happens every day, all day, but because he had guided my heart to that scripture and given me that time of prayer, I was able to see it differently. So now my prayer is, God, how are you doing this every day? Show me the ways that you're caring for me, showing the ways that you're providing for me, and then let me be your beloved daughter in it. We're going to take um, just a couple of moments, and we're going to look back over in silence, just where we are, just look back over 2019, and just think, God, where have you provided for me? Is it in a relationship? Maybe it's in um, a thing. Maybe it is just in, in some moments that you had with him. But we're going to look back, and we're going to just consider the ways that he's provided for us and acknowledge them. Before we do, let's um, read some. Uh, let's read a prayer together from Scripture that helps us remember that God is our provider of all the things, and He loves us. So let's read the Lord's prayer together. This then is how you should pray: Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So where you are, there's little pieces of paper that were put on your chair and there's pens around in the rows. You can rummage for them. But will you just take a couple moments of silence and consider this question? Thanks for taking a few moments to do that, and uh, again, for some of you, that might uh, might be really eager to do it, and it's easy, and things just kind of come, and you can write them down. Others, it may this is might be a, uncomfortable or something you wanted to avoid is to not reflect on the year, and um, and, and maybe anywhere in between. Um, I uh, no surprise, I had an opportunity to to help plan our gathering, and so I I knew the question that would be coming, and so Abby and I actually sat down and. and asked ourselves this question last night, and uh, how have we seen God provide uh, for us? And without hardly even thinking about it, we just listed out, it kind of just was right there in front of us, just easy to list out, uh, 11 things that were really difficult. Um, so when you say God asked the question, how did you see God provide, uh, you might think of really good things, and that's not what came out first for us, is we, we, we just kind of just blabbed out. 11 things that, that were difficult. And so um, I want to I wanna read them to you. Um, we, January was pretty good. We didn't have anything from January. That was easy. We skipped through January just fine, but January was great. February hit, and I don't know if you remember first week of February, there was a, a snowstorm and there was a, a schools were shut down. And uh, our youngest son, Owen, was, a, see, he's seven, he was sixth grade. And um, he had been looking forward to a snow day uh, all year. Um, starting in September when school started up until February when it happened, he had been looking for, uh, forward to a snow day. This was the first one that happened. And uh, what happens when, uh, when mom and dad both work, we're out of the house and he's home. That doesn't, that's not helpful for our home. He's home alone on a snow day, so excited. Um, we're both gone at, at work and he uh, gets up and uh, he uh, gets dressed to go play in the snow and goes and plays and meets a friend at the park and lasts, I think we, we calculated, he lasted about 37 minutes in the snow, first snow day of the year, and uh, then broke his leg. 
broke his, broke his leg. I get a call from a friend and saying, hey, Owen's at our house crying and uh, needs you. And so I leave the office and, and go to the house, and, and he's crying uncontrollably. And I get there and, you know, save the day and reset his leg. No, I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he not in good shape, so we go into the emergency room, and Abby's actually in the emergency room, and she comes over to the children's emergency room, and we're there in, in the hospital, and they're getting ready to, to do it. And if you've ever been in the emergency room and, and you're in pain, they don't, they don't nicely take off your clothes. They just cut them off. And so he had a new pair of jeans on, and because it was a snow day, he had put on underneath his new pair of jeans dad's Nike running pants. So they cut right through both of those. So that was the first bad thing that happened in our year was that I lost a pair of pants and he lost a pair of pants. And then they did the x-ray and it was a broken leg. And so that was kind of the start. And then right, right after that, we got news that a, a mission trip that Abby and I had been looking forward to going on together uh, with a team here from Mosaic and had been in the process of raising support uh, to go to Haiti uh, was canceled because of all the unrest in Haiti that continues on to this day. Um, but for us, that was uh, disappointing. Obviously, it's far more disruptive to the citizens of Haiti. But uh, for us, that was something we've been looking forward and we're disappointed that that got canceled. Uh, right after that, uh, Max's water polo team had an assistant coach that was fired uh, for a sexual misconduct, uh, a coach that he had known and uh, went through all of the trauma, trauma of losing a coach and obviously what that meant for the team and the people that were directly affected as well. Uh, Abby, I shared a couple weeks ago, lost hearing in one ear, and we went through the process of figuring out what was wrong and then eventually having surgery. Uh, then we had a transmission, and one of our cars just die, cease working, cease living. Uh, then we had a plumbing problem, and uh, plumbing didn't work in our house for a week, and we had multiple plumbers out to try to fix it, uh, and uh, we just don't do anything small, so that was great. Uh, we chose, had to go through the process of choosing college for Max, which was great and fun and exciting, but then also just stressful, tons of anxiety and all that that means. Uh, and then right after we did that, and he was about a week from graduation, Max's car that he had rebuilt the engine for uh, was hit while he was driving, not his fault at all, but totaled that car. Count them, that's two cars we're down now. Uh, and then we had a few calm months, and then in August, we lost our good friend, Paul Rhodes. And then uh, a little while after that, a couple months after that, uh, my spleen died, much like the transmission before it. And then we had a whole other health scare that family member had to get checked out for, and everything was cleared, but those are never fun when you have to go in and get extra tests done. So that was without thinking. So we're just not going to think about our year anymore. That was enough that just kind of came out. Those 11 things, bam, 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 wrote them all down. And as we assessed these, we went on every level that we could think of, uh, relationally, physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually, had been had been tested, had dealt with difficulty, dealt with challenges, dealt with disappointment, dealt with surprises. All these difficult things that we listed out had happened. And then we said, what, where are we now as we're winding down this year, a few, few days till the end of this 2019? And we said, we have things we can be so thankful for. We, we still have our house. We, we love our house. We still have it. We didn't have to leave it because the plumbing was unfixable. So we, we have a house. Um, we're, our marriage is still intact. We still like each other. That's a good thing. We are still both employed. That's a really good thing. Our, our kids 
want to come home after being away at college for a semester, and they want to be with us. And granted, it's Christmas, and he's probably going to get things, but he still wanted to come home. And so that, I mean, we have these things that we can be thankful for. And as we, as we listed out all of these things and, and realized, if you were to put them in some kind of a, a mathematical equation, if you could list all of these challenges and difficulties through this year and then put, a, put an equal sign and then what would that equal? There's no way that on a human level we would come up with what we've come up with. On a human level, if you list out all those things in a math equation, the, the, the sum at the end, the, the totality of that at the end would not be that we can quickly name things that we're thankful for. And even beyond that, we said, what are the, what are the real things that we're, we're entering into 2020 with? And we said, we have a, a deep sense of joy. That through a challenging year, through a year where there was many difficult things that happened, we have a, a deep sense of, of joy. Not just being happy, but a sense of joy that, that God is with us and that he's good and that he sees. And the second thing we listed out was a, a united, deeper sense of intimacy in our marriage that Abby and I could quickly list out all of these things, and then we say, yeah, but we're, we're closer. If you would have told us ahead of time that you're going to experience all these things and that's what would happen, we probably would have been doubtful, and we definitely wouldn't have scripted it or signed up for it in that sense in, in our own imagination, but that our marriage is actually deepened and we have a deeper level of intimacy. It doesn't seem like that would be the natural sum, result of all of these things. And then we could easily identify that our, our faith is stronger and deeper because of our year. And again, that, these kinds of things, you, you line these up and, and it's very possible that it, it, would, it would be a, 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 a sum of, I, I'm done, I'm walking away, I quit. We said, we've seen God work in us in ways that are unexpected, very needed, and that we're so, so grateful for. I want to I read the next two verses for us. Psalm 100, verses 4 and 5 say this. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Listen to it again. Enter his courts with thanksgiving his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. To go through this response or this exercise of, of reflecting on your year and, and asking and answering the question, how have you seen God provide for you? How have you seen God show up? How have you seen God be present in your year? Helps us to get to the place of saying, this is what we can be grateful for. And again, for some of us, it's really easy. Oh, here's all the great things and how we've seen God show up. For others of us, it's, it's perhaps more difficult. And it takes a little bit of time to say, where, where is God? Where has he shown up? I want to invite you to do something. Um, and I, I, I'm going to ask you to do this knowing full well that we all walk into this place, this public setting. And there's no certain expectation that we talk to one another. You're allowed to. This is designed for you to be able to walk in and walk out and never talk to another person. I don't want that for you. We don't want that for you. But you have your permission to do that. But I want to ask you to do something. I want to ask you to turn to one or two other people and say, this is where I've seen God show up this year. This is where I've seen him provide for me. It could be one word. It could be a sentence. If they'll listen to you, you can just tell them a whole bunch of things. If you're sitting there and you're like, I, I, I actually couldn't write anything down. 
I couldn't, I, nothing came to mind. I, I want to give you a freebie. I'm just going to give you one. If you can't think of any way that God has provided for you this year, this one's for you. You have breath in your lungs. You're alive. That's, that's one way that God's provided for you. That's his doing. He's kept you alive. You haven't done that. He's kept you alive. So if you can't think of anything else, that's just, that's for you. That's a freebie. There's all other things that maybe that's been something you've even questioned this year. And I'm sorry if that's true, but God loves you and he values you and he wants you to be alive and enjoy him and those around you. So that's a freebie for you. Breath in your lung. You can just share that with somebody if you're willing to do that. You don't have to talk to anyone, but, but God's doing something in our church as we've come through this Jubilee year and as we actually take time to say, I'm grateful for this, I'm thankful for this, it's God working in us. He changes us when we're grateful. When we actually go through the practice and the discipline and the exercise of being grateful and saying, God, I'm thankful to you for this, he changes us. It's just by slight degrees, but when we take time to be grateful, God changes us. In two weeks, we're going to start a, a series on the heart. And the scripture has so much to say about the heart. But what happens when God gets a hold of our hearts, we get transformed and we get changed. And expressing gratitude is one of the ways that we do that. And wouldn't it be great if we were a people, if we were a church that just regularly celebrates what God has done for us and in us, and we're eager and willing to share that with other people? Now, I say all that, and I hope that you eagerly look forward to telling somebody, this is what I'm grateful for. But if you, if you don't want to and you want to sit and, and not move, you have full permission to do that. You're welcome to do that. But here's what I want you to do. Find one or two other people around you and say, this is what I'm grateful for this year. This is how God's provided. I'm going to give you one minute to do that, and then we're going to continue to sing. Ready, set, go. Go. <laughs> 